Demon Slayer's second season shows just how well-deserved the hype around this series is. Hello, and welcome to episode 60 of Explosion. I am your host, John Wintrobe. And my co-host, Sean Clark, is once again out of town this week covering Speed Weeks and the Daytona 500. So I am currently joined by fellow anime enthusiast, Matthew Kanyez. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm great today. Uh, thank you for having me back on the podcast. I was looking forward to coming back. And uh, we've got some great topics to talk about today, so I'm real excited. Yeah, last time we talked a little bit about a lot of shonen anime. I believe that Jujutsu Kaisen was still airing at the time, which is pretty wild. Yep. But before we start talking about all that stuff, we got the first trailer of The Rising of the Shield Heroes second season this past week. And I've been long awaiting this, sh- this series. After all the pushbacks due to COVID and then a lot of the production delays due to changing studio and changing director, we didn't know exactly when the show was coming, but we knew we were getting another season. And it's awesome that it's finally just two months away. Exactly. I'm so excited. You know, I, I wasn't expecting it till like maybe the end of this year. So the fact that it's two months away is, oh, I am beyond excited. Yeah. And spring season is already stacked. So I think that we're supposedly getting Mob Psycho 100's third season as well, which is just wild. Um, and that's not including all the new stuff we're getting. So because <laughs> I mean, I think that we're also getting the second core or the second third or whatever of the current season of JoJo. So it's going to be a really stacked season. But when it comes to the Shield Hero, Shield Hero was the anime that got me back into watching Isekai after like Sword Art Online seemingly ruined the genre for me. Oh, uh, yeah. Shield Hero and... was the one that went, oh, so these things can be good, apparently. <laughs> because I, I just never really watched any. Before that, I watched like mainly Shonen and a couple like romance dramas, but nothing like fantasy based in anime since right. like No Alchemist. And Shield Hero was the one that reignited that passion in me. I think that if I didn't watch Shield Hero, I wouldn't have watched Re Zero. And as anyone that has listened to the podcast knows, I would very much not be the same person I am today if it wasn't for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And yeah, and I mean, Shield Hero is a. Uh... It's a great one to get you back on to that kind of anime. You know, if, if you were never like a fan of Sword Art Online, you know, things like that, Shield Hero is definitely a good anime to get back into that. Like you said, it's very good. For me, it kind of started off a little slow, but like once it got later on into the season and started picking up more, I was super into it. I loved every episode. I couldn't wait for the next week to come. It was it was a really good one. Yeah, absolutely. I think I was hooked on shield hero at by the end of its first episode the initial premise of this character is supposed to be the hero like this your traditional fantasy hero that has literally everything working against him is just excellent and there isn't a whole lot of stories that are willing to bring their main character to such a low point and then raise them back up over the course of the season and i didn't really get a lot of the complaints with the show when I first watched it because again I didn't watch a whole lot of Isekai so I didn't realize that there have been a lot of other shows that tackled stuff similar to Shield Hero because I just hadn't watched them yet like whenever people um, compared it to the ReZero for example I didn't see it so I just hadn't watched ReZero and I wouldn't watch ReZero for like another year and a half so right. for me Shield Hero was this first time seeing this completely dra- downtrodden realistic relatable protagonist 
that had with the whole world working against him and just the smallest amount of compassion, like Raftalia actually caring about him and showing that compassion and kindness that he wished that someone had shown him beforehand. Just, oh, it hit my heart right where it needed to be, you know? Yeah, and exactly, especially because, like, he was very re- reluctant uh, with that compassion. He didn't want any compassion from her or from, uh, I believe it was Fila, the little bird girl he ends up getting. He didn't yeah. want any anything to do with them. He didn't want to get close to them at all because he was used to getting backstabbed in this new world. Like you said, he, he was, everyone was putting him down. No one even trusted him. To them, he was a devil. So to, like, to see him grow as that character and finally be okay with the compassion from Raftalia and just completely grow into someone that everyone loves it was amazing you get so involved with this character yeah absolutely and there is um of course a couple new members of the party that we're getting in season two and while i can't really speak about the 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 couple very new ones um because we don't really see much of them in the trailer um Mm. the green haired girl that we see on the poster and is featured a little bit in the trailer um was introduced at the end of the first season and she was a member of the Bow Heroes party that left for seemingly unknown reasons. Uh, based off of how she reacted upon seeing Naofumi and how accepting Naofumi was of her, it, I want to believe that there were some, uh, let's just say, terrible reasons for her getting excommunicated from the party that we, I'm interested to see uh, get explained in the second season. Yes, I'm very, i really hoping they explain more of that. And honestly, I'm hoping we get to see more of um, that rage shield that Naofumi has hidden away and that he barely uses. Yeah, the trailer shows that we're going to see at least a couple new variations of the shield that we haven't gotten before. There's this new blue domey looking one. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about what that is. But I imagine that with the rage shield, because the whole thing with the rage shield is that it's acting on Naofumi's negative emotions. And I think what they're kind of leaning on is either one of two things. Either A, we're going to slowly see the Raid Shield not used too much and that get replaced by something that is more, not necessarily like less powerful, but more that it's his positive emotions that are fueling it rather than his negative ones. Or secondly, we could see the Raid Shield get turned into a shield that doesn't corrupt him whenever he uses it. Um, both of those would kind of feed into the fact that with his party growing larger, it means that he's starting to open up his heart more, which right. means he's starting to care more about people. So as much as I love seeing the Raid Shield, I think um, writing-wise, it would make more sense for us to, to either leave it behind or for it to, the what is emotions are getting directed into it being changed over the course of the season. Right. Right, right. like you said, like, but it won't like have as much backlash on him or like the shield would literally end up using his own blood to even use one of his own attacks and it would just completely mess him up or where he was pretty much possessed and he wasn't even himself i agree with you those are probably very likely possibilities where like the shield will start using his positive feelings but i also feel that they're somewhere in the season they're gonna have an episode where it's gonna get kind of messed up mm-hmm. where someone might get hurt from his party because they're going to have bigger battles coming, obviously, as yeah. we saw there, towards the end of the first yeah. season. There's a part of me that kind of hopes that one of his party will get seriously injured and might might even die. 
because the effect that that would have on this character would be really interesting. Exactly. It'd have to be done well. It'd have to be a character whose death would make sense for the story. Like, I don't see it being Raphael or Theo. It'd, be, it'd make more sense for it to be someone that's introduced into this part of the story. And honestly, I think I don't even really want to see that happen in season two. But down the line, that's something I would be really interested in seeing. Right. Because, I wouldn't want it to happen, but if it happens, yeah. I'd be super interested to see that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting because of the way it would affect now for me. Because he's he he at, wants to act like he doesn't care, you know. He wants to act like he's closed off, but we know that he's not based off of the kind the little kindnesses he shows to his party. He like he wants to act like he doesn't have any compassion, doesn't care about the well being of anyone around him. But we all know that he, deep down he is more of a hero than anyone else in the show is. Exactly, and that's the reason why I like the show to begin with. I think that if you were to get rid of all those qualities with now for me, if you were to get rid of the compassion he hides, he probably wouldn't, this show wouldn't be nearly as good as it is. It would just be like any other basic isekai. It would just be your regular power fantasy show. Exactly. <laughs> and we have way too many of them. I mean, Way the sheer amount of isekai we get per season is just ungodly. Yeah, exactly. So, Shield Hero, again, like, it was a breath of fresh air when it came out. Like, Shield Hero, um, I never once expected this show to be as good as it is. And that's not to say I don't have my, my criticisms with it, but I yeah. also know that, that my criticisms could easily be fixed in this season. Because I am I held a lot of similar criticisms with ReZero's first season, and almost all of those got fixed with season two. So I imagine that for Shield Hero, it will be the same. Or at least I hope it will be. Right, I'm hoping so too. Because I would, my biggest hope, as I mentioned earlier with the new party member, I hope that as, as terrible as it is, I'm hoping that it's a very similar circumstance to what happened with now for me at the beginning of the show, where without getting deep into it, if you've seen Shield Hero, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I would like to see a parallel between her and Naofumi and Naofumi growing a bond with her over it. Because that's something the show has never really tackled, um, right. is that these the situation that Naofumi got blamed for does actually happen. And it would be interesting to see how Naofumi reacts to a situation where that did bring up and it caused um, her to leave the party because of it. That would be interesting to see. It'd be really dark, but yeah, I mean, would... Shield Hero's not afraid to dive into that territory. And uh, they clearly show you know, in the first scene that they're not afraid to dive into that kind of territory already. Absolutely. But, but no, I mean, the trailer really didn't show that much, so this is really all I really have to talk about. It looks cool. I'm excited to see what the new direction's going to be. I'm glad that Mad Kid is coming back to the opening, but otherwise, I don't really have a whole lot to say because we just don't know much. Exactly. It's just barely got announced, you know. I mean, probably later down the line in March, we'll probably hear a little bit more about it. But yeah, we'll probably start getting TV spots in March. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get a little, we'll get a little bit more uh, time. But honestly, the less I know, the better. <laughs> right. I like just... being surprised with these shows. Exactly. It keeps you in suspense. <laughs> but no, and then the other big announcement that we got anime wise this past week was that we are in fact getting a second season of Jujutsu Kaisen which 
surprises absolutely no one <laughs> because it right. is arguably the most popular uh both manga and anime out right now i believe it's almost it's really close to outselling demon slayer if i remember correctly and demon slayer has the positives of it having its anime having been running longer than jujutsu kaisen that's right and i mean i think with this movie coming out that's that's gonna come out in March with Jujutsu Kaisen. Mm-hmm. I think it probably will end up finally outselling Demon Slayer because I mean, you saw just the graphics alone. Even in in the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen, it was amazing. It was something else, and then just how big of a fan base it got after it dropped. It was ridiculous. Everyone fell in love with it. Like you said, it became extremely popular really, really quick. So I can only imagine the hype for this second season in the movie is gonna be through the roof. Yeah, uh, and the best part about like the movie with Jujutsu Kaisen Zero is it's a prequel, which means that if you have friends that aren't fans of Jujutsu Kaisen and don't want to take the time to watch the show, you can just take them to the movie. <laughs> exactly, because that it's way. gonna it's be before great. everything. <laughs> yeah, because like I'm currently planning the the get the drag my co-host to Jujutsu Kaisen Zero because he hasn't seen the anime yet. Oh my god, he hasn't. No, he just doesn't. He doesn't watch shows on his own. Like he only watches the stuff that I show him, or that or that other people show to him. So yeah. he doesn't because he just doesn't have the time. Like he's again, he's currently covering NASCAR right now, so he's like right. usually a sports person, and that's most of what he spends watching. So it has to take like me or one of my other friends to the watch to sit down and like force him to watch it for him to actually, you know, enjoy it. That's yeah. the same reason why he's not covering Demon Slayer with me right now is because he's not watching it. How is <laughs> he, he not have the time? Demon Slayer is like the most watched anime right now. It's it's like that in Attack on Titan. I think Attack on Titan is viewed just a little more, and I believe my dress up darling is in a close third. That's I think yeah I think Attack on Titan might be leading just for right now, but just barely, just barely. Because... Yeah, it's because it's Attack on Titan. Exactly. <laughs> it's the exactly. anime juggernaut. It's like the most popular series to exist. And I've exactly. had countless people ridicule me for not being able to get into it. But um, I tried. I gave it a try. I really attempted to watch it. And it just the first season just didn't hook me. I'm going to give it another try once the show is over and see if it's just that my anime taste at the time wasn't where it is now. Right. I mean, it does start off a little slow. You don't really get to see, like, a lot of, like, Titan, Titan action until, like, the eighth or ninth episode. So you got to be willing to endure those six to seven episodes of slow, boring stuff. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and this is, when I first watched Attack on Time was before I watched, like, Steins Gate or ReZero. So I very much wasn't, I was the type of person that needed, like, the first handful of episodes to really hook me into the show to watch. I don't yeah. quite look at anime that way anymore, as evidenced by the fact that ReZero is one of my favorite shows ever. <laughs> right. Um, considering that I've written, God, what, like 4,000 words about it on the Rich Report, at least. So I don't like that show at all. No, <laughs> I don't think you like it at all. <laughs> um, but no, and I, I definitely will give Attack on Titan another watch. I mean, with the sheer amount of like excitement and hype around it um comparatively to like demon Slayer or jiu kaisen i can totally see um why people like it so much so maybe i'll give it a try I'm, I'm always a sucker for for darker stories nowadays i mean there's a reason why i like watching jojo's right now and as someone that knows about how stone ocean ends let's just say that we're in for a treat <laughs> 
yeah. when it comes to how dark the story is willing to get. And I know Attack yeah. on Titan, from what I've heard about the manga, I do know the anime diverges quite a bit from the manga, but I've heard that the manga doesn't have the happiest ending in the world. <laughs> yeah, and obviously the manga, you know, it's a little bit more graphic, obviously, because they can't show as much stuff on TV as it can in the manga. Yeah. It's, it's not so much that they can't show as much on TV as much as the budget doesn't warrant them putting that much effort into it. Right. It's like, it's the same reason why a lot of the tiny animation for I've seen in the last or in the current season is uh, CG instead of 2D animated because it's just, it's easier and takes less time and budget. Right. Makes sense. But with with uh, Sean, you got to start showing him Jujutsu Kaisen. I mean, especially with the second season being announced, the movie, he's got to catch up. Granted, it's a prequel. He should be fine. He yeah. needs to at least watch this, the first season because he's missing out. <laughs> yeah, it, it is really good. I mean, it's not... Um... It's not awful to say that, uh, or not in poor taste to say that, it's probably peak shonen. I mean, with Jujutsu Kaisen, I think that it's the best first season of any shonen series I've watched. It it's was, yeah, I, amazing. I probably agree, because that show was intense. Yeah, the sheer amount of character work, the subjects it tackles, the amount of mm-hmm. effort put into the villains, um, all of the, the voice performances in the Japanese especially are really, really good. Um, and the fact that it's actually willing to just have a villain that is just evil. Like, Sukuna is just evil. Like, he's not, like, there's no, like, nice backstory to make us care or understand his motivations. No, he's just evil incarnate. Oh, my God. And I love it. He is just pure evil. He doesn't want the main character to get anything good. He will laugh at his pain right in front of him. And I love it. Yeah. Uh, that, the scene of him and Mahito just laughing at um, at our protagonist uh, at Yuji in season one is one of my favorite images I've seen, I think, in any show over the last couple of years. That's but the same the one that I was It's just so good. It and, is so good. And, like, him uh, just snapping at it, you know? Like, they're laughing and making him feel terrible, and he just snaps from it. Yeah. I love it. It was beautiful. Yeah, and I especially appreciate the fact that while I love Itadori, it's insane that he's not the best character in the show. And almost any other shonen manga or anime, like Itadori probably would be the best character in the show. <laughs> right, exactly. But they have so many other characters that are like clearly uh, overly powerful. Like they are so much stronger than him, but it gives him like yeah. that drive throughout the show to be better. And like, okay, I need to get stronger that way. I don't let any more people die like he wants throughout the whole show. Yeah, and it's not even like a, a physical strength thing. You look at the way that, say, like Nobara or or um, or Gojo or any of the, or even Toto are written. Like all of them are written in such a way that they command a presence whenever they're on screen, no matter how like physically strong or powerful they actually are. Right. When it comes to the power system in the show, they each have like a presence when they're on screen. Like you, you feel like the show stops the focus on them. When in a lot of other anime, like. For example, Dragon Ball, because I know that you love Dragon Ball. Often in Dragon Ball, the show will stop everything to just focus on whatever Goku is currently doing. Um, right. And there's a lot of other like main characters in Dragon Ball, but usually whenever Goku is on screen, the whole show will switch focus completely, the focus on him, to better or for worse. And Jujutsu Kaisen uh, kind of takes off from Naruto, because Naruto kind of had the, the split focus between Naruto and Sasuke a lot. And right. Jujutsu Kaisen takes that 
and then like really runs with it with almost every single one of its main cast. They really do because like they'll they'll show you, yeah, they'll show you our students, you know, and all the good guys, but then they'll have those couple episodes where they're showing you all the curses. They're giving you the curses backstory and you know, and like how they came about to be a curse and everything. And that's what I like. They're going into depth with these villains as well and not just all the good guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I really appreciate how widespread Jujutsu Kaisen is. To my knowledge, it's currently streaming on Funimation, Crunchyroll, and HBO Max, which is awesome. <laughs> it makes it very easy for people to watch it, which is really good because it's, 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 it's a significantly amazing series. It, it takes basically everything that's been done shonen-wise because like we mentioned the way that um, Dragon Ball Naruto write their characters. It takes these ideas from all these other shonen shows that came before it and improves on almost every aspect. Like you have characters like uh, Nobura and Maki who aren't, who have just as much importance and effect in the story compared to their male counterparts. Whereas with a show like Naruto, not that the characters in Naruto like Hinata weren't initially like that, but over time they would devolve into being a little lesser than characters like Naruto and Sasuke just because they're, the main focus of the show, but that doesn't mean that their characters should be uh, degraded or downplayed just to spread focus back to our protagonists. Right. And that's something that Jujutsu Kaisen gets really right. Um, and again, that's mostly just because of when it was written. I mean, like, to be fair, I don't know what the writer of Naruto is like. <laughs> uh, I haven't had a chance to actually talk to him, but I imagine that a lot of the issues with uh, character writing and story arc writing in Naruto come from editorial because a lot of the the editors in Japan are were against certain ideas when it came to the way that Shonen Jump was being written back in the right. day. I mean, it's the same reason why we didn't have a female protagonist in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure for over two decades. Just oh, wow. The fact that Araki really pushed for it in the 90s and they just vetoed him. <laughs> they said, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, because the, the protagonist for Golden Wind was supposed to be female originally. Uh, Dorna was supposed to be female. I think Bruno was supposed to be female too. And sure. editorial was just like, nah, that wouldn't sell well. Most of our audience is male. They wouldn't be able to get behind a female protagonist. <laughs> and then yeah. Five years later. <laughs> I mean, you look at like now and just the sheer amount of excitement and new viewers that JoJo's has brought in just because the protagonist is female. Right. I mean, you have, like, action genre shows are not just for us. <laughs> They're for <laughs> plenty of female fans that absolutely love things like Dragon Ball and Naruto. And um, they kind of share the sentiments that it kind of sucks that there isn't, or that it took so long for there to be these strong female, like, centric characters. Not just, like, physically strong, but, like, have competent writing behind them and they're more than just your basic housewife character. Exactly. It's something yeah. that fiction has struggled with for decades. <clears throat> right i totally agree they're not just another you know slice of life character where they're all just about love and stuff like that no they're actual they're excuse my language they're badasses you know they're finally becoming badass you know and, and all these animes and it's great for all the viewers i mean that's like that's the biggest complaint that people have with sakura in naruto is that she was too much of just a lovey-dovey character for sasuke and didn't have any of her own agency she didn't have like a motivation other than sasuke existing exactly and that's that's not good and i'm not gonna like harp on the character being bad 
but like that's not good writing <laughs> the the and and it's part of the reason why i've never really like i know that naruto is doing a lot of really good stuff but i've never really been able to get into it because of small things like that and thank goodness jujutsu kaisen isn't like that <laughs> oh my god i know thank goodness like i i remember the the wine that that nobura has during um her fight against i think it's maki's sister i don't remember what her name is off top yeah of uh one who shoots the the revolver yeah um where she has the line that she basically that she appreciates herself when she wants to be pretty and appreciates herself when she wants to be strong when she mm-hmm. wants to fight that line went absolutely viral on the internet i saw it basically everywhere for like three weeks i think i do remember that line yeah and like, like we were saying, you know, that we're getting to see more of these female characters in animes be more than just the average housewife. Like, Nobara, she was the ba- most badass female character probably in that show, especially when it came to that line. And then the mm-hmm. end of the season with she was um, having that team fight with Yuji. Yes. Uh, when when she's able, I don't remember the name of the move. At Flash. Right? But, yeah. When she uses the Black Flash. Uh, just by seeing Dory use it beforehand, right? She's never right. used it before, but she's seen him do it. And because of, you could say it's arrogance, <laughs> because of the sheer amount of arrogance she has for her own ability, um, she just copies it. She just does it. She like wills herself to copy the move and is able to, to perform it just, be, just through like sheer will, right? Whereas yeah. Inadori had to practice a lot in order to get it right. I mean, you see his fight with Toto where he had to use it back to back and the amount of effort that that took with him. Um, and not to say that Nobra doesn't have to struggle to do it too, but there's something to say about the fact that she's able that's to she- see it be used and then able to replicate it just by seeing it. Exactly. It shows just how intelligent of a fighter she is. It still takes a lot out of her after the fight, but it's cool to see her intellect be shown in such a really visual way not just by being told it but being shown it right because that's definitely something that a lot of stories struggle with now i'm hoping the second season it looks like based off of you know just the pictures itself it has the character that we're going to be seeing in the movie i don't remember his name but obviously he's going to be the main character in the movie we've seen him on all the trailers the student with the white shirt who always looks kind of sad and gloomy yeah the second the, the second year student that is overseas i think during the events of the first season which is why he's right. not involved with the the cross school fight now i'm hoping the second season isn't gonna like pull what uh demon slayer did where they take the movie and make it a couple episodes of its own season. Yeah, I de- I have seen um, a lot of people worried about that. I hope not. Um, I mean, the reason why Demon Slayer did that was it was a cheaper because all that stuff was already animated, right? Um, right. And then it also keeps the show in the cult the the cultural conscience for longer because it, there's people that are talking about it for longer because it's airing again week to week. Um. So I wouldn't put it against MAPPA to do that. Um, the other thing it does, it does do is it would put less stress on the animators. So it's, it's like, I do want as much new Jujutsu Kaisen content as we can get, but I also know that MAPPA's animation team is extremely stretched thin when it comes to all the stuff they're tackling. Like 
They're currently doing Attack on Titan, which we talked about earlier. Right. Um, they're doing the Chainsaw Man anime, which is coming out later this year, I believe, yep. in fall. I mean, um, yeah, I think it's like October. Yeah. And Jujutsu Kaisen, um, its second season would be winter 2023, which is technically December of this year. So you look at like how tight all their production schedule is, and it definitely has me worried. Like there's a part of me that's like, yes, I absolutely want them to cover a new content, but there's also a part of me that's like, the animators do kind of need a break. And if that break is the movie getting put into a week-to-week show, then I guess that's just what we have to work with. Yeah, we'll just have to deal with it at that point. <laughs> yeah, because it, it's just the way it is. And I mean, luckily, you, the, to you Foldable's credit, they are not like that. They definitely just did the the putting Mugen Train in the week-to-week episodes just to, just to you know, save money on the budget, right? Um, but for MAPPA, there are some genuinely good reasons for that to be that to happen. I don't think it will, just based off of MAPPA's industry practices, but well, well who we knows? See. Yeah, exactly. We'll have to find out. I mean, My Hero Academia doesn't do that with their movies, so. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if, I mean, to be fair, a Heroes Rising week, the week series might have been fine, but it definitely... I can see the problems with it, <laughs> right? And right. as much as I like the My Hero movies, uh, they, the animation in the show definitely does get impacted by the movie quality sometimes. Oh, yeah, I can agree with that, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but we're not here to talk about My Hero Academia. We're here to talk about other shown anime, and, of course, the other big one that we've talked a little bit about, and that I'm sure neither of us are that excited to talk about this. <laughs> but we've been watching Demon Slayer for the past, what, nine weeks now? Yeah, I believe so, about nine, nine, ten weeks. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's good. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that Twitter can speak for me on, on how good Demon Slayer is, how excited um, people are for this show. Um, when the first season first aired, I wasn't, I, I enjoyed the show, right? But I never was super invested. And right. that could come from the fact that I did initially watch the English dub. And if anyone has read my article about Demon Slayer and have, has heard me talk about the English dub before, I don't love it, <laughs> which is very rare for me. <laughs> I'm usually very vocal about how much I like the English dubs for anime, but there's just something about Zach Aguiar's voice for Tantra that just doesn't work for me. Which is a shame, because I, I know mean, that like... he's a good VA in most of the other shows he's in. So I'm hoping right. it's just like a direction issue. <laughs> I think but, what I think Demon Slayer might be just you know one of those animes that might just be complete sound completely better when it's in sub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when it's in yeah when it's in its original audio. I don't disagree yeah, with that. There's definitely a lot of shows that are like that, especially older anime. We're oh, luckily yeah, so in a time where a lot of the modern dubs are significantly better than they were. Um, and there are, of course, the occasional mistranslation subtitles, especially if you're watching anything on Netflix. Oh um, but luckily, uh, Demon Slayer is on Funimation, so they don't have that issue most of the time. But Demon Slayer, that that anime, you know, to say the least, has been popping off like crazy yeah, it's these past couple been, weeks, especially. Yeah, it's always been visually spectacular. Like, its yes. first season always had, like, incredible visuals. It's being done by Ufotable. Like, they're extremely well-known for the way that they combine 3D into the animation for all of their action scenes. They did that with Fate. They did that with Fate Zero and Fate Stay Night and the Heaven's Feel movies. 
And right. that style of animation translates really well into Demon Slayer because of all the sword effects. Um, but it was Mugen Train that finally made me go, oh, huh, I actually like am emotionally invested in this story now. I actually <laughs> care. Huh. Like I'm actually, this, I'm actually is crying Demon Slayer right actually now. good? Is everyone <laughs> right? Does it deserve the hype it's getting? And then I'm watching entertainment, I'm watching the entertainment arc, right? And I every single action sequence in this second season has been movie level. It's been like on par with what Mugen Train did. That's what that, I've been. That's insane, right? Like a show, like anime usually doesn't have that kind of budget. They usually don't have that much time and effort put into it. And I mean, yes, we did have to sit through like what 12, 11, 10, 11, 12 weeks of Mugen Train getting adapted in the week to week anime. But yeah. hey, if that means that we get this type of animation for a television series, I'm all for it. <laughs> I'm all for it. And like Mugen Train, when it was brought into its week to week episode, the animation wasn't even bad. It was still good. But like, like you said, oh my, the animation in this one, it is movie level. Every fight scene, especially with these past couple episodes, you know, for mm-hmm. every, everyone that has seen it up to date to now, it's like, unbelievable i'm sitting there in my seat like freaking out i'm like look at these freaking graphics like this is insane like <laughs> yes for for anyone that hasn't watched the second season we're going to talk about spoilers now <laughs> yes um, the time has you come to get spoiled on on uh the entertainment arc please go watch it it's really good <laughs> um and legit is probably the best show that's currently airing i mean again i'm not watching attack on time so i can't comment on that but i think it's the best show that's currently airing those two alone have been dominating anime. It's all that I see when I go onto Twitter, Facebook. It's nothing but Attack on Titan and Demon Slayer. And look at today. Today, Sunday, the final episode of Demon Slayer airs today. It's going to be 45 yeah, 40, minutes long. Yes, and we haven't seen it yet because, sadly, it coincides with when we're recording. <laughs> exactly. So that means me and you are going to have to message each other about it later. <laughs> yeah, we'll cover it next week. That's the that's like, nice thing I mean, about this. To say alone, I mean, the fight where, uh, you know, Izui, the sound Hashira doing the fight against the brother, Upper Six, you know, that fight, just them two alone is amazing. But with this last episode, you get to see Tanjiro's hair transform and his scar into the sun user. Oh, yeah. And you just see the visuals are just so good. I mean, the because. Tanjiro, it's been heavily foreshadowed that his dad was originally um, part, or um, or at least someone in his family was originally a demon slayer, which is where exactly. he gets his insane talent from. And the fact that Tanjiro doesn't have an affinity towards a specific style of uh, breathing like most of the other uh, members of the demon um, slayer core do. Like he exactly. isn't an expert at water breathing. He isn't an expert at flame breathing. He's good at both. And can utilize both in conjunction with each other better than any other demon slayer, but he can't use either on their own to the extent of, say, when Rengoku could in Mugen Train. Exactly, or like the other guy could when he, uh, I forget his name, but the other uh, Water Tom- Hashira. Tomoya? Tomoya? Yes, I think that's yes, name. like when he came and saved them in the first season, and he just completely obliterated that lower six demon. This is like in one move, just killed him right there. Yeah, the spider boy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, but no, and you mentioned um, Tengen Uzui, and 
I knew that this was going to be the case after uh, Rengoku, that all of the Hashira are probably going to be the best characters in the show. Yeah. And yeah, I love I love Tenganizui. And no, it's not just because I'm attracted to him, because yes, he is a <laughs> mostly hot man. Um, but the sound effects and style for him across the show, like all of his fight sequences have been incredible. The firework sound effects that are used for his style of breathing is really cool because his his sound breathing isn't very visually spectacular, right? It doesn't look right as amazing as like Zenitsu's or Tanjiro's or Rengoku's did in Mugen Train. So they have to rely very heavily on portraying um, how powerful his hits are through the sound um, design and the sound editing. And oh my God, it is so glorious. He himself, he is just glorious. I love his character all around and like he's a flashy person like he talks about in the show and it's like all of his fights throughout the show have been exactly that just flashy he the, the when it comes to the little bombs or how he fights with his double swords how he just it's amazing yeah and it's not he's just a, a good character absolutely it's not just a style over substance thing because you also get to see the dynamic he has with um tanjiro inosuke and zenitsu the the growing respect he has for tanjiro and zenitsu especially in the fact that he is the first character that's actually gotten um, Inosuke to listen to him <laughs> and actually respect him as like a fellow Demon Slayer horseman. <laughs> exactly. That's insane. That's crazy. Like the, the fact that Inosuke actually like takes orders from him and um, is willing to listen to his judgment and fall up on what he's doing and even to the point of expecting him to have to like perform a certain way and we and knowing that he'll probably be competent in his own right is exceptional because even Inosuke didn't even really have that with Rengoku up until Rengoku's fight with Akaza. Right. And it was already too late at that point. Yeah. So you can you can see how much the events of Mugen Train have changed all the characters. I mean, you get like Tanjiro being able to fight the sister on his own. Like on his no own. way he would have ever been able to do that before the events of Mugen Train. Exactly. Or like let alone even think of some way to get an upper hand for a quick second on her brother. Like I bet before Mugen Train, he would have never thought about any of that stuff no, to get because, Yeah, because before before the events of this arc, Tanjiro would always felt like he was lesser than the other demon Slayers, and it took Rengoku saying to him that he wasn't. And that he was destined for greatness for that to finally click in his mind that, no, I am great. And I can do all kinds of things that, that only I can. Uh, he's going to be doing so much more. I'm so excited to see how it's all going to play out after yeah. this arc. With the next arc uh, that we apparently saw being announced with the village arc. Yeah, it, it does appear that <laughs> a certain section of the Demon Slayer fan base is going to be a little disappointed because there is a certain character that is not being teased in the promotional material for the next arc. Uh, I know a few people that are, let's just say big fans of this specific character. Well, um, hopefully they announce it later on because yeah, it just got announced. <laughs> absolutely. But no, it appears to be focusing on uh, the very, the more feminine looking of the Hashira. I don't remember what her name is. I don't think that we've seen her in action before. So I don't know what her style of breathing is. 
Oh, um, the the one but she's who, like the um, really like cute one that like adores basically everyone and has like this yes. very high level of affection for the head of the Demon Slayer Corps. Yes. Um, the, uh, she's the love Hashira. Okay. Interesting. I'm curious how how uh, emotion lends itself to the way that she fights. Because it's going to be good. The way that like Uzui and Rengoku fought compared to what their styles of breathing are. I'm interested to see what um, how an emotion like impacts their breathing. And we know that like breathing techniques usually come from somewhere. I think Inosuke is the only character in Demon Slayer whose breathing technique wasn't like an evolution of a pre-existing one. With Inosuke's breathing, sometimes I think he just makes up the moves when he's fighting right there. Like, I think he just thinks of them in his head as he's fighting, and then it was never a real thing until he made it right there. <laughs> ah, you're probably right. But it's still true. <laughs> it's, it's still and true. I'm, you're right. I'm still right. <laughs> just, like, partially. <laughs> but Bro, no, from I, what I, I really uh, like... Yeah, I really like what they're doing with all the characters. I mean, like, I the amount of development that everyone's gone. Like, Zenitsu actually feeling like a serious character for the first time in the entire show is wild. It's wild. And, I mean, the fact that he's still asleep, like, dang, I think he should pretty much already be awake at this point. He's been asleep it's, for the, <laughs> the whole show. like Inosuke said, he should just be asleep all the time. Exactly. <laughs> um. I mean, the real question is whether he is, like, actually a sweep or, like, if... Because I think that he's more, like, in a meditative state where he has heightened awareness rather than, like, truly being a sweep. Right, yeah. Like, I was, I would think the same thing, but then just randomly he has that booger that pops out when characters fall asleep in anime, you know? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's... It is what it is, you know? It is what, yeah, what it is. <laughs> I think it's more just like a comedic beat to show that, like, yeah, he is like technically asleep, and he's still like, doing all this crazy stuff. Yeah, but like him talking down to the demons and being completely serious about it, and like, I've what there, there's a part of me that thinks that he's just been pushed to the brink that he can't be his usual funny comedical self because of how serious the situation around him is. Right, like his one moment of queer awakeness was when he pushed Tandro out of the blast. Right. I think it was yeah, when he pushed him off the roof, be partially awake. Yeah, so it, I think it's more than just like him being asleep. There, he he's been pushed by the events of the season into being a more mature character. And Way I'm more. sure that so many people are happy about that, considering that most people's complaints about both the first season of Demon Slayer and Megan <laughs> Frame was how annoying Zenitsu is. I mean, especially when he first got introduced in the first season. All, all he did was cry and scream. So compared to then and now, I, I love his character development so far. Yeah, it's been very nice. I'm excited very. to see more. Assuming that, I'm assuming that the characters survived this arc. <laughs> right? Yeah, we, we all know. Yep. They, uh, to, I mean, for the manga the readers, finale. they obviously know, but we're sticking to the anime only. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sticking to the anime only for now. <laughs> right. Uh, there, I mean, it's very likely that, I mean, we have no idea when season three is going to come out. We know it's going to happen, right? But we have no idea what the release window is for that. And considering uh, that even my local comic book store here in Flag sells Demon Slayer, uh, I might end up picking up the manga from where uh, the anime leaves off with this season. Because I've definitely <laughs> done that before. Like, I did that with One Punch Man as well. So, 
Oh yeah, because who knows when that's ever going to come back out? <laughs> and, yeah, and whether if it does come back, if it it'll be what more like the second season than the first season. Oh my, exactly, because the first season was just all jokes, pretty much. Second season had a lot more. Um, I just love the fighting in second season. You know, we had Garo yeah. being a complete monster. Yeah, I like the I, I really like the story for the second season One Punch Man, but it you could definitely see the the decline in the animation quality since it wasn't Madhouse working on it. Yeah, but, I think a big and, manga that uh, people could should start reading now before it gets too late. I mean, go a little off topic. We have Bleach coming in October as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The, I know that Bleach is like the only old school anime I really got super into. Like, it was like that in Yu Yu Hakusho because I've never been like the biggest fan of like One Piece or Naruto or even yeah. Dragon Ball. Right. But when I Bleach, I think was either the second or third anime I ever watched. And there was just something about the, the more like horror-esque elements in the story that really hooked me. I mean, it's the same reason why I love watching Demon Slayer and Jutsu Kaisen so much. I'm a sucker for this specific subgenre of shonen anime. Right. And I mean, you, you saw me when, we, when we were kids. That's all I would read in class. Like I read Bleach from the very beginning to, to the end. So like, I'm excited to see what's going to come because I know what's going to happen. And I'm excited to see it finally all animated and for, you know, people that left off where the season left off with the full bringers and everything. Now is the time to start reading the books because everything's going to get crazy. We're going to see a lot of characters, unfortunately, die. They're going to get crazy power ups and we're going to see old characters brought back into the show from who were thought to be forgotten. You know, so it's going to be huge when it comes out. Yeah. And. I know the big thing that a lot of people worry about when it comes to Bleach is whether they're going to be able to get the, the English dub cast from the original show back. Because I know Bleach was one of those classic Toonami shows. There's a big, huge fan base that's very passionate about the English dub specifically. Very I would have to agree how they are with, with like Dragon Ball or Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, I would have to agree because I like, like how we said Demon Slayer was one of those ones that sounds better in its original. Bleach is one of those ones that sounds better in its English variation because... To me, it just sounds a lot better. The Japanese version was really good, but I grew up watching, you know, the English version. Yeah, and so we have, a, sounded... we have a little bit of a bias, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is one of those. I mean, it's the same thing with, like, Dragon Ball, right? Like, yeah. The, the English voice acting in Dragon Ball is very different than the Japanese, and that, that's mostly in part, the like, Sean Schmel voicing Goku. Oh, um, yes. Because his voice for Goku is very different than the Japanese. Um but, and, and like, same thing with like One Piece and a lot of the other older ones. Um, and that's something that I'm very, I don't know, I guess I'm more picky with it now with like the English dub sounding closer to the Japanese. I mean, it's part of the reason why I have such uh, a hard time with like Demon Slayer. Cause I mean, again, like you mentioned, like we, we like Demon Slayer's dub is, is what it is. But like the, I, my only real gripe with this is just that the protagonist doesn't sound well. Most of the, the secondary cast is really good. It's just that if the protagonist's voice doesn't sound right, the whole show kind of falls apart. Exactly. <laughs> and it's far from the only show I've watched that's like that. But it's just a shame because I know that a lot of people watch, again, like my co-host does, a lot of people watch uh, Demon Slayer through the dub because it's, you know, it's, it's easier to access. And if you aren't um, a huge weeb like we are, you might not want to watch anime in Japanese. And that's perfectly fine. There's, there's absolute, that's completely understandable. I mean, that's mostly how all of us started, right? Right, exactly. But 
But no, and we have, but going back to the Demon Slayer, we have the, the finale coming next week. How do you think that the story is going to wrap up? I imagine that Uzui is probably going to die. <laughs> I'm hoping not. I mean, um, I'm hoping that someone gets there in time. I think with the, with the siblings finally getting their head cut off at the same time, maybe we might get like a, a quick little backstory on what, what their past was like, considering how long the episode is going to be. Yeah, and, but, and we've uh, gotten that for most of the other demons. Um, exactly. And, so I'm expecting to see a little bit of that. Um, I mean, with how the last episode ended, I mean, the brother's body pretty much was a ticking time bomb of those slashes. He made like a huge explosion in the city. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see if like who made it out of there. Did one of Uzui's wife get hit by that blast? Oh, Did I they... hope not. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I hope not. I mean... <laughs> I like them. I don't want any of them to die. <laughs> exactly. I don't want any of them to die. I mean, Tanjiro got stabbed through his mouth. I want to see what the heck's going to happen with that. Like, I mean, Tanjiro's the protagonist. I mean, up until exactly. like, maybe the final arc of the show, I don't think we have to worry about him getting killed. <laughs> I just want to see how, how his recovery process is going to be. Like, Is he going to be out for like countless months? Or is he, of course, going to be like any other protagonist and try to train through his injuries? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned getting the backstory for the demons with, I think it was, was it this week's episode or not this week's episode, last week's episode, um, where they had Tanjiro like talk about the fact that if any, if things have gone differently and he had become a demon, he wouldn't be any different than the siblings that they're currently fighting. Exactly. Yeah. And that was just this past episode where he was saying that like, that could have easily been me because his sister's already a demon any wrong step, he could have turned into one too. You know, and so that's that's why I think they might do a little little into their past about these two sibling demons and how they came to be demons, like when they met Muzan. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that's that's I'd say that's probably the strongest part of Tanjiro's character is the fact that, like, yes, he knows that what the demons are doing is wrong, but he also has kind of this compassion and understanding that it took a lot of really bad days for them to get to where they are now. Right. And they he were also understands before. that releasing them, killing them, allows their soul to be free from the mortal plane and maybe for them to find forgiveness for their own actions. Exactly. And, you know, he, he has, like you said, that compassion for them. He knows that, you know, they were once humans too, that they were the same kind of people. And that, like you said, they had, bad days to where that was their last resort is yeah. becoming a demon yeah. and that's a viewpoint that he only has because of Nezuko all of the other demon slayers don't have that connection or that understanding of what makes the demons the way that they are they just view them as these monsters that seemingly kill people out of their own desire to appear stronger and Tanjiro because of of how much he cares for Nezuko and that understanding that he has and the compassion that he has for her, he can then win that compassion back onto all the other demons that he's, that he defeats. I mean, you get like in season one, you have that really nice moment with the, the demon that had the drum that could like alter the rooms. And the yes. fact that Tanjiro was the first and only person to actually respect his musical talent. Right. When he was dying. Yeah. <laughs> And that's just such a cool moment. That's because it, it goes to show that, yeah, Tanjiro has to kill them, but he also is willing to show compassion to them. And 
you get those small moments with like the demon being um, being surprised that he still got compassion despite all the things that he had done. Right. Um, and like, he, but that, like that's a said, moment you can only get because he's dying. If he wasn't dying, yeah. that wouldn't happen that way. Exactly. He would have still been trying to kill him. <laughs> exactly. So that's why I have my power to Demon Slayer's writing. It's, it's solid. It's why it's surprisingly really good. Um, but but no, any any uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up, Matt? No, uh, no final thoughts. I mean, I'm ready to watch the new episode. I can't wait to talk about it next week because that's going to be a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of the podcast. Well, it's been awesome having you on, Matt. Uh, of course, we're going to have you on next week to talk about Demon Slayer. But no, right. it's been awesome. Like you, Again, it's, you're like one of the few people that I can actually talk about anime with. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, uh, thank you for always remembering me when you need people to talk about anime with. Yeah. I just don't think a whole lot of people just watch Shonen, you know? Um, yeah. Because like Sean's taste is entirely based off of what I watch with him. And most of most of my friends that like used to be big in the anime don't watch it as much anymore because either A, they don't have time or B, they've moved on to other stuff. So I'm like, I'm like, I'm still here. I'm still watching anime week for you. Yeah, that, that's me too. I'm still here, uh, you know. <laughs> but but no, and uh, for anyone that wants to hear about what I'm currently writing on the Rich Report, uh, this past week, I finally put out my review for uh, the Book of Boba Fett, which I had uh, mostly mixed feelings about. Uh, for anyone that knows about me, Star Wars was my first fandom, and currently we have a complicated relationship. To say the least, <laughs> because uh, let's just say that uh, what I want in Star Wars is not what Star Wars apparently wants in Star Wars, and I just have kind of accepted that and moved on to other things. But I did put out my book Boba Fett review, so you, if you want to hear me elaborate more on that, you can either read that or you can listen to last week's episode of the podcast where I go very in depth with my disappointment with the show, um, <laughs> but. We're also getting the finale to Peacemaker this coming week, so I'll, of course, have a review out for that. And I recently just finished watching a fantasy series called uh, Banished from the Heroes Party, um, which is about basically what the show's title is. It's about a guy that gets banished from uh, his the Heroes Party, which is the hero being his sister, and him making like a, a running this like pharmaceutical business on his own and just living a chill life away from adventuring and defeating the demon word and realizing that that's really what he's always wanted in his life instead of actually being like a hero oh it's it's a really nice chill show it's pretty fun (laughs) and um it definitely tackled a lot more things than i thought it would because the the big core of the show is that his sister was like born with like the hero's blessing right so she was like born with everyone assuming that she was going to grow up and be this like amazing nigh unstoppable hero that was made to defeat the big bad evil in this world right right when in reality all she wants to do is just chill and hang out with her brother so when one of her party members kick like banishes her brother out of and kicks him out of the party she then like loses the only thing that was like keeping um keeping her humanity in check and, and she, like, realizes that she doesn't really actually want any of this. She just wants to have a normal life. It's it's surprisingly solid. I never, like, I went into it expecting it just to be this chill, like, wholesome, like, nice show that doesn't have a whole lot of action and it had, like, this really deep character drama in it. I'm like, ah, oh, that's pretty neat. 
I'm gonna have to check that one out. You said banished from the heroes party. Yeah, it's on Funimation right now. Oh yes, I'll check that one out. Yeah, um, both the Japanese and English dub are really good. So you can't. Oh, I'm watching Japanese, but it's very solid. Um, but no, that's it that um from us on the podcast. So thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, guys. <laughs>